When it comes to investing, retirement, taxes, healthcare, and estate planning, the decisions you make today can greatly affect the quality of life for you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight and unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your retirement and financial future. Good news, you found the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. Grant is the founder of Dorhout Retirement Services, and he's been guiding people financially and into retirement for nearly 20 years. So get ready for an hour of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. It's time for the Retirement Blueprint. And now, here are your hosts, Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. Good morning and welcome to the Retirement Blueprint, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Social Security and Medicare changes for the new year, also how to invest heading into recession, and we'll talk about what the Peace in Retirement Blueprint initial consultation looks like. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Grant Dorhout, founder and wealth advisor of Dorhout Retirement Services, right Right here in the great city of Omaha. Grant, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well now that we're getting some more of the cool off this past week, hitting 80 degrees. That's uh, <laughs> that's kind of crazy this time of year. It's uh, It didn't quite feel like fall, and yeah. we discussed this before, that we really love that fall feeling when you get into the 50s and then even the upper 40s. It's, uh, it's just a wonderful time of year. Grateful to be here with you, Jeff. Yeah, and likewise, too. This is my favorite time of the year. A lot of people I speak with, this is their favorite time of the year. We're tired of the heat and the humidity of the summer. Mm-hmm. I like to call yep. this the appetizer to the holiday season. We get the pumpkins. Mm-hmm. I've got pumpkins in my front yard and a bale of hay and some mums out there and really just getting ready for the holiday season. But before you know it and you blink, of course, holiday season is going to be here. And then, Grant, it's going to be 2024. What do you make of that? Oh, oh, it's crazy. Yesterday, I was just talking with a guy and we were discussing, he thinks that he might want to move somewhere, maybe Tennessee or Kentucky or something like that, because he doesn't really like the cold weather in the winter. And although I agree... As I've gotten older, I used to, I mean, when I was a kid, I absolutely loved summer and that's about all I loved. And now I absolutely love every season. I love the changing seasons that we have here in the Midwest. And yeah, the the holiday season is uh, obviously one of our favorites, but, uh, but yeah, going into 2024, a lot of different things that we have to be on the lookout for and opportunities that we have right now inside of our business that we can help our clients with. And it's an exciting time of year for a lot of reasons. To that end, Grant, what are some of the things that people should be thinking about here during the fourth quarter before the clock ticks 2024? Well, first off is Medicare. I mean, the the first thing that we're going to be discussing here, these different changes that we're going to have, things that people need to be aware of in terms of their prescription drug plans and their different health plans that they have right now. I mean, you have until December 7th to make some of these changes and you got to act. They don't give us much time to get through these things, but you have to absolutely look for what's the best thing for you for the following year. And we have until December 7th to do it. Yeah, and there are a lot of choices that can be made out there, too. We're bombarded with these Medicare Advantage plans, ads, Mm -hmm. and just basically grant the difference between the Medicare Advantage and regular Medicare. What is that? Yeah, so they're all Medicare plans. You have four different parts of Medicare, part A, B, C, and D, D being the only letter that Medicare got correct, in my opinion, because it's for drug plans. But when you're talking about the Advantage programs, you're talking about part C of Medicare. That's the privatized part of Medicare where you have an insurance company that is the only one that you're going to rely on versus if you have parts A and B of Medicare, then you have a supplement that'll go along with it. There's a lot of differences that people don't really realize. I don't I don't have a preference either way. Personally, I, I, I think a Medicare Advantage program can be good for someone, and I think a Medicare supplement can be good for someone. It just has to be tailor-made towards someone's preferences and what their needs are. But you're going to have a little bit more shelter, I would say, with Medicare Parts A and B and a supplement, because if Medicare Parts A and B pay, well, then a, a supplement has to. Like that, that was standardized many years ago, where it doesn't matter which company you have, if you have a plan G and Medicare pays, then the supplement's going to pay based on what the plan G actually pays. Versus if you have a Medicare Advantage program, it has to be as good or better than Medicare parts A and B are in every area. So there's some differences that you have to be aware of, and and there's some enhancements that you can have inside of an Advantage program that most Medicare supplements aren't going to have. You're going to probably have a a gym membership or something like that that they're going to add on that are are value adds that you can see inside of Advantage programs. I wouldn't take out an Advantage program because they're going to give me a gym membership, but that's just an example. 
And there's so many decisions to be made here, Grant, this time of the year, and they can be complicated. How do you help people make these decisions? Well, based on what their personal needs are. I had a, a client that I helped with with some Medicare stuff last year. She came in and she had a uh, advisor or an agent that was helping her for the last several years. And she liked that agent, but she had mentioned to me that she needed $10,000 for the following year, for the year 2023, for her medical costs. And we needed to adjust her income plan. And I asked her what was happening. And it turned out that there wasn't much adjustment that they had made on her Advantage program in the last few years and based off of her health conditions that she had she had to have different medications and then even meals that were fed through an IV well that advantage program and prescription drug plan it was going to have a lot of costs for this year and we ended up looking at a different type of uh, Medicare plan for her and prescription drug plan and it saved her significantly I can't guarantee that that's going to happen with everyone but you have to assess what these changes are because in terms of your prescription drug plan that formulary changes every year the medical costs that you have inside of your advantage program that can change from year to year so this is really an important time of year to make sure that you have the right plan for 2024 so that you don't get caught in february or march saying oh i wish i would have just checked into it in november it would have been a simple thing that we can do for anyone out there yeah, and there's a danger of picking the wrong plan because it's really hard to go back. Once you've done that, now this Medicare open mm-hmm. enrollment period comes every year. So you do have the opportunities to make some changes. If you go from regular Medicare to Medicare Advantage plans, that's pretty easy. But if you go from the Advantage plan and you want to go back the other way to Medicare, many times you do have to be underwritten. So that's something to mm-hmm. consider. In this segment, uh, Grant, of course, we're going to be talking about some of the changes that are coming up here in 2024 for not only Social Security, but Medicare, but let's start with Social Security. I understand that the cost of living adjustment was recently announced. Yeah, we're looking at 3.2% for 2024, far different from the 8.7% benefit that we had in 2023, that increase. But that's not all bad because we've seen the inflation numbers come down significantly from last year to this year as well. So although people aren't as excited about their benefits going up, we should all be excited about the fact that the inflation numbers are starting to look more manageable for the foreseeable future. And even though we get a 3.2% increase, which sounds good on the surface. I mean, inflation, as you said, is a lot more than that right now, or is it a lot more? Exactly where are we looking at with inflation figures as we do this broadcast? Yeah, we're looking at 3.7% year over year right now, I believe was the most recent number. And so although the the Social Security benefit didn't increase as much, what we don't have yet is they, they haven't released what the actual inflation is for seniors. If you look at last year, for instance, we had an 8.7% increase in the benefit, but the actual, like for seniors, it was, I want to say the number was 7.7. I could be off mm-hmm. by a little bit from last year, but that's what I recall that seniors actually got ahead based off of what they were spending money on their inflation on the cost of goods was up about 7.7 somewhere in that range but their benefits got 8.7 i'm very curious to see where people are going to be this year like it, it is a average seniors cost of living what they're spending money on is that increasing at the 3.2 or is it more in the two and a half percent range are seniors going to be getting ahead this year or or could it be the other way where what they're spending money on is going up by four percent but their benefits are only going up at 3.2 then how are we going to bridge that gap inside of their retirement plan i'm very curious to see that number coming out soon so we yep. welcome this 3.2% raise. We had 8.7 last year. The total over the past two years is uh, right about almost 12%, which is a nice raise to have over a mm-hmm. two-year period. I think most employers are not giving a 12% raise this <laughs> year. So we will take this 3.2%. Let's switch over to uh, Medicare now. There are some changes there in fees that people are going to be paying for Medicare as well. Yeah, yeah. The Part B premium, I, th- I think, is going to go up from 164.90 to 174.80 is the the number that we're going to see. And that that number's been, I mean, that number's been steadily increasing for years. So nothing new there. Uh, I'm not overly excited that it went up to 174. But you got to keep in mind, it depends on what your income is. If you're in, if you're a higher income earner, it could be up to $500 per month. I think the highest number is $594 per month if right. a, if a couple's making significant significant amounts of money. And Grant, I understand that the deductibles for Part A and Part B of Medicare are going up as well too, or they're changing, I should say. 
Yeah, so I think on the part A, that's for the first 60 days. Most people aren't going to see this one, but that one is going from 1600 to 1632. It's a modest increase. Most people don't see that because if you are hospitalized and you have Medicare and a supplement, then that's going to be covered by that Medicare supplement if you're going to be in the hospital. It's important to note that that's in the hospital. But then the part B deductible is going from $226 up to 240 so another modest increase. Most people are going to see that if they have like a plan G, you're going to cover that part B deductible. Important to note that that is an annual deductible, that $240. So if you pay that in January, you're not going to pay it again for the rest of the year. Yeah. And as the months go by, of course, you're going to eat up that deductible. So expect, uh, you know, a few dollars here and there in the first few months of 2024, but then it goes away. By and large, I think Medicare is a very good insurance program. You're getting a lot for what you pay versus private insurance. We're talking with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. If all this sounds confusing, Grant, before we continue, I want to take a moment to remind our listeners how they can have a conversation with you to ask their questions about Social Security and Medicare. Request your no cost, no obligation, no judgment Dorhout Retirement Services review, which does include Medicare and Social Security. You can do it by calling 402-281-0750. That's 402-281-0750. You can call today if you want. When you call, you can leave some information there and Lisa will give you a call back on Monday and schedule an appointment for you to sit down down and talk with Grant to create a path towards a successful retirement. Now, remember, it's a no-tie zone there at Doorhot Retirement Services, just a friendly conversation between you and Grant to find out who you are, what your goals, your hopes, your dreams are, and for you to ask Grant your particular questions. Again, no cost, no obligation for this, no judgment. The number to call to get yours, 402-281-0750, 402-281-0750. You can also request your complimentary consultation online at doorhotretirementservices.com. It's D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com. Want more strategies to support the quality of life you want for 30-plus years? Stick around. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout in just a moment. You can't start a trip you've never taken without a plan. And you can't start your retirement journey without a comprehensive plan to get there safely. To request your no-cost, no-obligation Dorhout Retirement Roadmap, call 402-281-0750 or request it online at dorhoutretirementservices.com. Now, back to more of Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shade. Grant, I certainly do appreciate your time every week here on the radio. Most importantly, certainly our fine listeners here in Omaha, Nebraska. This is the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. We're here for you every week for your fiscal fitness and your financial education. And Grant, to that end, I understand that you do some college-type classes and some seminars. When are those going to be coming up again? Yeah, we're actually, uh, well, for the rest of this year, we're, we're taking a break from those this time of year. We like to get together with our clients and do some pie events. And I think we might actually even do a movie a movie day with our clients and, and maybe their grandkids. I'm thinking of doing that in December. So our clients will get all those invites. But then after the first of the year, we're going to start doing some college style classes. That confuses some people. I've, I've mentioned that and they're like, oh yeah, college kids, they need that education. And I, that's not actually what we're talking about. We're going through retirement planning and we're we're doing some tax style courses uh, that are going to be held at college venues after the first year. I think we're going to be doing those in January and February. We'll also be doing some dinner events where we do a short presentation. It's only about 45 minutes, giving people some ideas around retirement and the complete planning that we go through with, with all of our clients and how that could be a, a, a benefit for them. And either way, they do get a meal, but, uh, but we found a lot of people get a lot of value out of those as well. So it's continuing education for your clients and your potential clients. And again, those are going to be coming up after the first of the year. Grant, how can people find out when those are going to be? They can call right into the office at, at that office line that you give every week when we're here. We also do send out invitations. We'll send those in the mail. And then we're going to be trying to put those up on our website. We had a little bit of an issue with the website developer that we haven't been able to have those on there yet, but we're working on that. Hopefully we'll have that done in November. So once again, keep listening to the radio show for when those college classes are going to be coming up. And also uh, go to the website, DoorHoutRetirementServices.com, D-O-R-H-O-U-T, RetirementServices.com, and keep watching for those college-style classes and those dinner seminars, too. And again, that phone number to call, 402-281-0750. If you would like your Peace in Retirement Blueprint with Grant, no cost, no obligation for that, 402-281-0750. This segment, Grant, I want to talk about how to 
invest heading into recession. But, you know, I'm wondering if we're going to have a recession. You were telling me a little bit about some changes in the yield curve. Yeah, it actually looks like it's getting more in balance where uh, a lot of people don't know what that means, the yield curve. But if you look at the two-year and the 10-year treasury, if all of a sudden we have a a situation where we're going to make more money on a two-year investment versus a 10-year investment, there's not much incentive to go into that 10-year. And we're seeing that come more in balance where it looks like we're going to have the 10-year yield higher than the two years. So then we have more incentive to invest long-term instead of those short-term bursts. And that does bode well for us. And it actually, I've been reading recently that looks like we might even have our rates more stable for about a year, probably some more increases before the end of this year. But we're not going to see drops for quite some time is what I've been reading. That's what some predictions are. And I tend to agree with that. That's giving us a situation where I heard it on the radio not long ago and actually on the TV. It's going to give us an opportunity for more of a soft landing versus a drastic drop in our economic activity. I think that looks pretty good, at least for the next 12 months. We'll be reassessing this in the next couple of months with our clients and with our research team at Carson that they're going to give us some other economic data. So we're going to be able to to hopefully give some idea what to expect in 2024 and that hopefully is more of a more of a soft landing so to speak so if i'm hearing you correctly grant because of the yield curve becoming more in balance if we do have a recession it's going to be a soft landing but do your investment choices or should they change much if we're going into recession versus maybe even a soft landing recession versus no recession at all That completely depends on how someone's allocated. And what I mean by that is if you have a situation where you have a lot of tax deferred wealth that is in the market, if you have a lot of 401k dollars, if you're still working, or if you've retired and you still have the 401k and you have IRA, I was meeting with someone this week, they had over a million dollars of tax deferred money and they left a lot of money that was in an old 401k and then they had these traditional IRAs as well. Well, if we're going to be pulling money out of this to supplement our income, do we want that susceptible to as much market risk as they have? Some people do, some people don't. The way that I would choose to actually set it up is having more of our a solid income, having more of a predictable income in retirement. That's going to allow us to not have as much concern over if we have a six-month period or a 12-month period where the market isn't in our favor. That's the way I like to get people's income plans set up so that recessionary concerns, we kind of insulate ourselves away from having that emotional reaction to what's happening in the news or happening in our economy overall. And then if we see the Dow go down or the S&P go down, if we see these things happen, it doesn't affect us as much if we've created this income and inflated that income throughout our retirement. Then we can take different types of risks in the market and the recessionary concerns they kind of take a back seat to what our primary concern should be in retirement, which is, okay, what am I going to do this winter if I'm going to go down south or am I going to go golfing? Are we going to do, what am I going to do for fun? That's what I want people's primary concern to be, not if we're going to a recession or not. We're talking with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services about how to invest if we're going into recession. And of course, we have talked about how deep that recession will be if we have one. And I think the consensus is that we will have one. It's just a a matter of how deep it's going to be. And at this point with a yield curve, it doesn't look like it's going to be as deep as we thought it was going to be. How does building a diversified portfolio play into this conversation, Grant? Well, you got to focus first, in my opinion, you got to focus on some fixed income. How are you going to do that? Are you going to do that through a bond structure? Are you going to do that through a structured note? Are you going to utilize annuities? All of these things are viable ways to create income, but which one is going to be the most reliable for you and which one are you going to have the most comfort with? Some people are saying, you know what, I'm going to do a CD ladder. I'm going to ladder them every three months and I'm going to do that because I'm getting 5% in these CDs. I'm going to do it for two years and then I'm going to pull the income off of that when these CDs come due, you certainly can do that. There's a variety of ways to do it, but that's where you got to start focusing is focus on that income. How am I going to create this income in a reliable way? Is it going to be through CDs? Is it going to be through structured notes? Is it going to be through bonds? Is it going to be through annuities? A lot of different ways to do it. You can even utilize certain preferred stock in the stock market that's paying excellent dividends right now. You may have to have a little bit more stomach for risk if you're going to go into that type of structure, but all of those are viable 
viable ways to do it. Everyone's going to be different with how they prefer to do it, though. Grant, we had talked about diversification, and again, I want to circle back to that and how diversification can help someone hedge their bets in a recession. Yeah, so a, a very simple way is if we have a concern over going into a recession, or maybe it's because of election, or maybe it's because of things that are going on in Israel and Ukraine, things that are international, a simple way to do that is pull back some of that equity exposure. Like if you're 60 or 70 or 80 or even 100% in equities, I've seen plenty of people going into retirement that are 100% in equities, and you may want to pull that back a little bit and, and maybe reduce it to 40 or 50% and then focus more on the bond side of things or those structured notes that you can have certain growth notes that give you a cushion on the downside of the market and they can provide some certainty inside of your portfolio that's uh, that you don't have a hundred percent of the money that is going up and down with those tickers that you see on the S&P 500 or the Dow or any any of those. I, I think that that's a, a great way to start. You maybe even could focus more on certain staples. You know, a lot of them are like Berkshire B, uh, Berkshire A. You know, a lot of people in Omaha are big fans of that one and for good reason. Uh, but you can also look at other big companies, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Facebook, all of these different types of companies that at this point, we don't see a reason that they would go away or go down for a prolonged period of time like we've seen with certain stocks in the last couple of years, like PayPal, that's kind of gone out of favor. You know, you want to get more in things that aren't going to be as cyclical as as a PayPal. And, and I think if you reduce that that equity exposure like that and maybe focus in more of more of these bigger stocks if you're going to be more in equities focus in that area i think that's a good way to be in diversifying your portfolio if we're heading into recession how should we hedge our bets for that the last one i want to talk about is tax loss harvesting grant yeah, if you haven't done it yet, I mean, you can do that throughout the year. I mean, tax planning shouldn't just happen in October, November, and December. We were talking about that a little while ago, but uh, but you can harvest some of those uh, some of those losses. Like if you had some losses inside of a mutual fund, for instance, or if you had some losses inside of a particular investment, if you've sold it off, well, then you can also sell off something that you have significant gains. Maybe you got some significant gains in some Apple stock that you have that you should you should make sure that you're not having such a large capital loss carryover. I think that's a wasted opportunity. So go ahead and, and sell some of those things that are at a big gain, and then you can you can offset those losses that you have, and you're not gonna not gonna have an issue from a from a tax perspective later on, and and you don't have to do as much planning later on as well. It's a simple thing to do. You also can think about that. I mean, I think about tax loss harvesting. You also could have if you had a. a a big job change. I had a client that had a big job change this year. This isn't typically the tax loss harvesting that we think of, but when in her scenario, she went from a job that she was uh, making 120000 now she's not going to make nearly as much in the last few months of the year. Well, she has an opportunity that she could do some more Roth conversion. And she she was already planning on paying taxes on 120000 Well, if she's only going to make 100000 this year, she has an opportunity that she could, she could do some more conversion from traditional IRA to Roth IRA. That's a pretty solid way to think about it that you can, hey, I, I may want to do this this year, or if she doesn't want to pay as much in tax, she doesn't have to do that. But those are a couple of different ways that you can end the year with that tax planning in mind going into 2024. Well, Grant, I'm sure that based on our conversation that our listeners may have some questions about how to invest during a recession. So I want to give them the opportunity to get some answers. If you've got questions, we invite you to call us and request your complimentary Peace and Retirement Review. It's just a friendly conversation with Grant that'll cover a wide range of topics based on your individual situation so that you can proactively adjust your financial plan to address your retirement journey and any blind spots that may hinder you from reaching your goals. Now, if you call and keep that appointment, we'll send you out Grant's book, Modern retirement strategies. And once again, you can get that by calling 402-281-0750, 402-281-0750, and ask for your Peace in Retirement Blueprint. You can also do that by going out to the website, which is door 
DorHoutRetirementServices.com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T, RetirementServices.com. If you're just joining us, this is a Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry. We're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts and search for the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. You'll get this show and all of our past shows so that you can stay on top of your wealth and your journey to a successful retirement. Grant, time for a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about five tax planning strategies to use all year to lower your taxes and talk about what that Peace and Retirement Blueprint initial consultation really looks like. All that and more when our show continues here on News Talk 1290, COIL. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good, because it's time for more Retirement Blueprint with your financial Sherpas, Grant Dorhan and Jeff Shea. Grant, we've had such great conversations this morning about Social Security, Medicare changes for the new year, and how to invest heading into recession. Once again, I want to remind listeners that we're a podcast. Simply go to wherever you get your podcast and search for The Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. You'll find this show and all of our past shows so that you can keep on top of your path to a successful retirement. Grant, in this segment, I want to talk about some tax planning strategies to use all year to lower taxes. Now, I think if I am correct that a lot of people don't begin to think about tax planning planning until it's maybe too late. I mean, here we are in October. Well, October's almost over with. It's going to be November in a couple of days. Is it ever really too late to plan for taxes? And when is the best time to plan for taxes? Yeah, the, the best time to plan for that year is January 1. But now that we're we're late in October already, we still have plenty of time. We just have to get it done before December 31. And it should be well thought out that this is this isn't just for this year. I don't I don't like it when we just say, you know what, I'm going to do the best thing for this year, and I'm going to ignore what happens, you know, two, three, four, five years down the road. I'll let I'll worry about that then. We got to have a, a tax plan that's ongoing, in my opinion. But yeah, we have plenty of time in 2023 yet to make sure that we have a plan going that is good for this year, but also good for you know five, ten years from now. So tax planning, of course, a very important part of a financial plan because taxes certainly could be one of the biggest expenses that you'll face in retirement. For those people Mm -hmm. who already have a CPA, a Certified Public Accountant Grant, can you work with someone else's CPA? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We do that all the time. We make sure that that's part of our fact finder is making sure we know who is their CPA. Is that someone that they want to keep working with moving forward? We want to be able to be in good communication with them. That way, if there's anything that we're thinking about implementing from a tax perspective, we have their CPA in the loop and make sure that they know what's going on so that we don't have a surprise later on, you know, come tax time in the following year. We make sure that it's in conjunction with our plan, but it's also in conjunction with how they're doing the taxes and the things that they know that we maybe aren't privy to. Now, we do like to get people's tax return when they come in and we like to run it through our system and make sure that if there's anything that they're maybe missing with their other financial advisor, or maybe even if it's something with their CPA, that we can point it out and then make sure that they're aware of what we see on our end and they tell us what they see on their end. It's a great way to work that if everyone's in the loop, then we don't have any surprises that we got to worry about during the next tax year. And I understand, Grant, that that's on your fact-finding sheet that you give at the beginning of every consultation is who your CPA is, and also I understand it's who your attorney is. Yeah, we we like to talk with their lawyer as well because if I put together an estate plan, if we're if we're working towards an estate plan that isn't in their current lawyer's plans as well, we we're going to have issues later on. So I like to make sure if we're going to put together an income plan, a tax plan, an investment plan, an estate plan, if we're putting all these things together, the financial advisor, the CPA, and the lawyer should be all on the same page as to what that complete plan looks like. That way, everyone can do the planning correctly and that we don't put something unnecessarily in their plan. For instance, I have a, uh, I've had it in the past where I've met with people where they have a lot of assets in a certain tax qualification. Let's say it's a lot of IRAs. Well, if they have a lot of IRAs, do they need a trust? Well, maybe, maybe not. But if I talk with their lawyer through, okay, this is what we have going on on the investments and the income and the tax planning side. How is this going to fit in with your estate planning? We may need to consider a trust or maybe we just need wills. All of those things, if we talk through them before we implement them, it's going to save a lot of time and a lot of effort on all of our ends, whether it be from the client standpoint or from the professional standpoint. It's just a better way to be if we're in close communication with them. 
And I think that's what it means to be a comprehensive advisor is that you do have CPAs and you do have attorneys and you do have financial planners all working together to come up with a comprehensive plan because each of those disciplines affects the others as opposed to a limited scope advisor who can just sell you, you know, stocks, bonds, and annuity, that sort of thing. So let's talk about some tax planning strategies that you can use to lower taxes all year. The first one is an interesting strategy. It's deferring income. Can you explain how that works? Yeah, you can do that in a multitude of ways. If you have a 401k, uh, you, you can put more money into that 401k if you so choose. Now, you got to be a little bit careful with this because if you're, say, in the 12% or the 22% bracket, and uh, let's say someone's making $100,000, let's just use that as an easy number. Well, if I'm paying 22% federally right now, I have to be mindful of what am I going to be paying in retirement in all likelihood. And when I'm doing that, I'm looking at what the tax law changes changes is in 2026. Okay. So if we're looking at that, well, what am I likely going to be paying for federal taxes then? Does it make sense for me to defer income if I'm in the 22% bracket? It may or it may not, but we got to quantify that. We can't just say, oh yeah, I'd love to pay less taxes this year. Let's defer as much income as we possibly can. Now on the flip side, let's say if we have someone that is in a short-term burst of a two-year window that they're making a ton of money, and they're maybe in the 37% bracket and we do some forecasting we say well you know in in retirement or in a couple years we might only be in the 25% bracket if these tax law changes actually happen in 2026 well that that might be a really good idea to defer some of that income at 37% if later on when we're in retirement we might only be paying 25 that's a way that we can do that on the business owner side you have the potential to do a, a self-employment pension you could do a SEP or you could you could do simples. You could do all kinds of different tax deferred vehicles, but you also have defined benefit plans where you can get a lot more complicated. If you're a business owner, defined benefit plans are excellent way that you can defer some of that income and change the way that that income year, but also the way that your retirement looks. And on the flip side of the coin, Grant, if you're in a low tax year, let's say this year, but next year, you don't think that you're going to be in such a low tax bracket. Can you accelerate income? Is that a strategy? Yeah. So from an accelerated income standpoint, that sounds kind of interesting. Everyone's probably listening to this. Yeah, I'd love to accelerate my income. How do I get my boss to do that for me? Well, it's not really on the, on their shoulders. What I'm saying there is if you wanted to accelerate income, it's basically pulling from your, your deferred investments. For instance, I just had a client that they were working for the first 10 months of the year. They ended up having a job change where they're not going to be working for the last two months. And I, I think I mentioned this in the last one where you can do some Roth conversion or you can pull some money from the IRA and, and get some of that deferred income out in this year because maybe next year you're not going to have as big of an opportunity as you have in this year. You know, next year maybe I'm going to have a higher sales year, for instance, maybe if it's a contractor or if it's a, a business owner and they know they already have stuff on the books, if it's a pool builder or something like that. Hey, I oh man, I, I have a ton of pools next year, but I, I had a lower year this year. Well, they could go ahead and they could pull some money out of that business. They could pull some money out of that IRA. There's all kinds of ways that you could do that. Or if they don't want to pull it out, they could just do Roth conversion this year because they have a lower income year. So it's a possibility that you could get some of that deferred income out in, in any given year if you have a lower income in that particular year. We're talking about tax planning strategies to use all year to lower taxes with Grant Dorhout at Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. And Grant, for those people who uh, maybe are just joining us, they didn't hear the last segment. We talked a little bit about tax loss harvesting. That is another way that you can reduce taxes, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you do some tax loss harvesting, that's if I have if I have a loss on the books. Let's say I sold XYZ stock, it doesn't matter which one it is, and I have a loss of $5,000, well then you have the opportunity to go ahead and pull some gains out and then they can offset so that you don't have to pay taxes on that growth and you can even you can even buy that particular investment right back, the one that you just sold that was at a gain and change where your basis is. That's a that's a good way that you could uh, that you could look at it at the end 
of this year is how, how did my investments do? Where did I lose? Where did I win? Offset those that way we're getting the best tax treatment for all of those investments. And I love this conversation, Grant, because it's so important to people who want to minimize taxes all year long. This next one is rather interesting, and I don't know if anybody else is talking about this, but it's this strategy that you call bunching. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So if you do, if you're bunching your expenses, you're going to, you're going to take a bunch of them together. For instance, let's say you have a, a person that's charitably inclined they've been, and they've been giving a thousand dollars per year and their income is in a, in a realm where they have some big uh, medical expenses uh, in a particular year and they're getting close to that standard deduction amount. And they say, you know what? I have an opportunity. I can give $10,000 to this charity because they need whatever. It doesn't matter what it is, but they, they came to me with a need and I'm going to accelerate that. I'm going to fast forward 10 years of those contributions to that charity. I'm going to give them 10,000 right now. That way I go into the itemized realm. Now, if you're, if you're thinking about that from a medical expense standpoint, you have to be mindful of the fact that you can only deduct the amount of your total medical expenses that exceeds seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income. So if you're someone that's making a bunch of money, if someone's making 200, 300, $400,000 per year, that, that medical expense is going to be pretty significant. But if we have someone that's making a hundred thousand dollars, well, if it's, if your medical expenses are over $7,500 of that adjusted gross income, then you start having that as more of a reality that you could start looking at bunching. If a medical expense came about, you can also utilize 529 contributions and, 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 and things like that. There's a whole host of ways that you can bunch those things into one year to get yourself a, more favorable tax treatment in that one given year. Grant, these are some great tips here. And we talked earlier about working with other CPAs, and you certainly can do that. But for people who are listening to the program, they do not have a CPA, but they still want these tax planning strategies. I know as a financial advisor, you know a lot about this, but can you help people within your organization who do not have a CPA and need one? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a couple of different CPAs we like to refer to. It kind of depends on what what aspect uh, they're in. If we have a business owner or if we have someone that, that is, is an employee that has a, a, a different need than that business owner, we're going to refer those to different areas. We absolutely can help people. We refer them out. We don't, we don't get anything for that. We just, we like to make sure that people are taken care of by that right CPA for them. And that's why we've developed those relationships over the last several years. So once again, it's a bundle of services at Doorhout Retirement Services, not just financial planning, but also tax planning. And it's also estate planning, any number of things that go into a retirement blueprint. Grant can talk about that. And speaking of that retirement blueprint, if you're listening to the program right now and you want some help with tax planning or your retirement blueprint, we're offering you the opportunity to get that right now at no cost and no obligation. It's certainly no judgment. To get yours, call 402-281-0750. It's 402-281-0750. Now you're listening to the show right now on the weekend. You can call that number. Just leave your information, just basically your name and your phone number. And Lisa will give you a call back on Monday and set up a conversation between you and Grant. It's just going to be a very brief and casual conversation. It is a no tie zone at Doorhout Retirement Services. Grant's not going to be wearing a tie. You don't need to dress up because Grant will meet you where you are. Once again, that number is 402-281-0750. And by the way, as a bonus, if you call that number and make an appointment, we'll send you out Grant's book, Modern Retirement Strategies. And actually, Grant, I'm feeling generous here. Let's send Modern Retirement Strategies out today to everyone who calls and requests it at 402-281-0750. So we got a lot of these books. We want to put them in your hands. So go ahead and do that today. Call that number, get in and get your piece in retirement blueprint with Grant. Again, not going to cost you a dime. 402-281-0750. You can also request your complimentary consultation online at doorhoutretirementservices.com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T retirementservices.com. Want more straight talk and honest answers about your wealth management and retirement journey? Stay with us. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Doorhout here. We're back with more strategies for a successful retirement. This is the Retirement Blueprint. Once again, here's Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. 
Grant, we have had a great conversation today, and I think we've really imparted some valuable information for our clients. Once again, if you've missed any part of the show, you can hear us as a podcast. Go to wherever you get your podcast. Search for Grant Dorhout, the retirement blueprint. You'll get this show and many, many others. But Grant, the show is not over with yet. You know, all through the show, I talk about getting this peace and retirement blueprint by calling 402-281-0750. So I thought it would be a good idea for people to find out what this retirement blueprint is all about and what the process is when people do call that number. So they call the number, they either leave their information for Lisa, then Lisa calls them back and sets an appointment. And then let's go from there. What should someone expect in the first appointment and what should they be bringing to that first appointment? Yeah, so the first time that we meet with someone, we send them out a a first appointment kit. It has everything in there that they would need. If they bring all the different statements that we have in there, whether it be financial statements, insurance statements, if they could bring their tax return, that's helpful. And then when we meet, if they haven't filled out the fact finder that we have, it just has all of their information in one spot that we can go through with them. I'll put that stuff in there if they don't have that filled out before they get here. Typically, people do have that finished. But then at that point, we it's really a discovery session. We sit down, we discuss their current plan. They discuss how they got there. You know, a lot of times I find out that a lot of people have purchased certain things on certain days because it sounded good and there wasn't really a end goal in mind. There wasn't a real direction on it. And if there was a direction, maybe that direction is not what they're looking for anymore. And we find out what their goals are and, and how they want to retire or how they are living in retirement and what they're looking for from their retirement. And, and maybe those things don't align with what they have, but we just try and find those things out through a, just a real frank conversation, figuring them out a little bit. And I tell people all the time, I have certain clients that I've gotten to know them so well that if certain things come across my desk, whether it looks like uh, challenging economic data, or if it looks like, you know, oh, this, this type of a strategy or this type of a product would be of interest to XYZ client, they're getting a phone call from me then. And we discuss what I thought about because I've gotten to know them really, really well. And then, you know, that, that risk tolerance how risky do they want to be in their investments? Are they okay with risk or do they, or do they want to throttle things back? And, and then we review the fiscal house and how we manage wealth, how we actually are going to put things together. Like what does it look like to have a properly structured income plan? What does it look like to have a, a tax plan? What does that really look like? What does it look like from an investment standpoint? How are we going to mitigate risk? And what types of ways does that, uh, do we do that in a diversified way? All of those things we go through in that initial discovery session. And again, it's just a casual conversation, of course, with Grant. It is a no-tie zone. And uh, as you said, I mean, you're really going to find out who people are, what their goals, their dreams, and their hopes are for retirement, who they are as a person, and try to design a financial plan that can meet their expectations. Should they bring uh, all of their financial paperwork with them, their tax forms and all that in this first meeting? Yeah, it's helpful. And that's why we send out that first appointment kit. We show them, hey, this is this is what it would be helpful. I mean, if you bring as much as you can, if you can't locate everything, we'll help you with that. But it, it, it is helpful if they bring more information versus less. I've had people in the past, they bring up, well, there's certain things that you don't need to know. And actually, that's that couldn't be further from the truth. Because as, a, as an advisor, that is a fiduciary responsibility, we do need to know more information. Because if there's something that they leave out and then we implement a plan, we could unintentionally hurt them. And we want to be make sure that we're diligent in this and making sure that we don't put people in a bad spot. We have to make sure that we know all of the the information. There's a reason why we ask and there's a reason why we have to have that document. It's because we have to fulfill that obligation to every single person that comes in the door. So that's the initial consultation grant. Let's talk about what happens next. If we get through the initial consultation, things uh, have the green light. We want to move forward. What happens next? next. Yeah, so the second time that we meet with people, we're going to introduce a strategy. What that is, is we'll, we'll we'll analyze their investments. And if they brought their tax return, we're going to throw that through uh, one of our programs as well. And we're going to try and identify if there's any any holes at that point. And we're going to identify inside of their investments, hey, this is this is what's happening with your your wealth at this point. This is what's happened in the last few years. And this is, this is kind of what the expectation can be moving forward in the next five years. And, and then we, we 
do an analysis of, okay, what's the costs inside of this? Is this an efficient investment or is this an efficient investment plan? Or are there things that we could be a little bit more efficient in these areas? And we'll give them some suggestions from an investment standpoint, how we would look at things. We would give them some suggestions as to, okay, from a taxation standpoint, this is how we would maybe make some adjustments to make you a little bit more efficient or or maybe there's some drastic changes. If we if we identify some drastic issues, we're gonna we're gonna tell people this is where we are, this is drastically different than what we would like to see for someone that's in retirement or going into retirement. And at that point, we're gonna be very transparent with what we have going on here, just like we would be in that discovery session in that first meeting. And at the end of that second meeting, people typically are gonna know if there's a fit that exists and if we see eye to eye. Sometimes we have some people that they don't see eye to eye with the way that we're going to implement an income plan or a tax plan, and that's okay. At that point, they have the opportunity to say, hey, you know what, we've we've gone far enough, we've got the information that we need, and I think we're gonna stay where we're at, or uh, more than likely they're gonna say something like, well, gosh, you know what, I'd like to see how this exact plan works for us moving forward. So then they would move on to that third appointment where we typically see people wanna move forward into utilizing our services. We're talking with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services about the Peace in Retirement Blueprint process when you call 402-281-0750. We've talked about the discovery process, the analysis part of the meeting, and then you said there is a third meeting. So where do we go from here mm-hmm. with this? Yeah, so at that point, we're going to review the full plan. Okay, we're going to have, okay, this is where we're going to move the money, and this is how we're going to actually manage these funds moving forward. And we'll a lot of times we'll be doing some investment and income plan and initiation with signatures and we're we're moving that money but we're not done yet because a lot of times people have another financial advisor that they've been working with for some time and the, the majority of the time people don't want to have that awkward conversation because it is awkward and I, I acknowledge that that it, it's not a fun conversation with someone that they've worked with for the last 10 or 15 or 20 years and they don't want to do that so we we craft a letter with them and we make sure that the other financial advisor knows exactly why they made that change and that there's no real need to have an awkward conversation. Let's just part ways as friends and call it good. We know why we're going where we're going. We know what we're doing, and this is the plan that we want to implement moving forward. And that gives people a lot of peace in retirement, like we talk mm-hmm. about. If, if we can just help them through that phase, it drastically changes the attitude on that movement where it could be an awkward change, but it, it ends up being one that's a positive one that, okay, we, we signed these things. Now we're done. We can move on so that we can move on to the, the fourth appointment after the implementation strategy where we present the completed strategy. And uh, breaking up is hard to do. You know, when we were kids and the girls said, it's not you, it's me. Believe me, it's you. That's true. I need space. Well, I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> become an astronaut then if you, if you need space. But the bottom line is that you help people make that Dear John letter. And I think that's, uh, that, that is a very important aspect of this too. So we did want to point that out. So we've done everything here. We have discovered, we've analyzed, we've planned, we have implemented, people have their logins and all that sort of thing. And then Mm -hmm. comes the follow-up. In the beginning, how often should someone follow up with you or you follow up with them? Yeah. So once we present the completed strategy and we give them that online login info and we give them a copy of all the files that were organized and it's in their their folders and whatnot, then we have to review these things. And typically when we bring on a new client, we're going to do that initial review within six months. Uh, It doesn't always happen. Sometimes people say, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good with the annual review process, but we have to make sure that we at least talk to people at least once a year. Uh, And that's not negotiable. It it doesn't matter to me if it's over the phone. Sometimes people do a 15-minute phone review, and some people say, you know what, I'd love to come in for 30 minutes and just talk through things in person. Either way is fine with me. I even did this with my father-in-law just yesterday. Obviously, I see him and talk to him 
quite a bit throughout the year. But when we're at their house or when they're at our house, we, you know, we're, that's family time. So we're going to separate that. And, uh, you know, I, I was making sure with my own father-in-law, making sure that there wasn't something that I didn't know about, Hey, did we have income changes that I need to plan for? Well, he's now 70 years old, uh, next month. And yeah, there's going to be some income changes because he's slowing down. He's still working, but we have to plan for, okay, how are we doing things with his investments moving forward? And it's no different with every single one of our clients. We need to make sure that we're up to date with, are there any changes that I need to be aware of? Has there been a risk tolerance change? Maybe there isn't an actual financial change, but maybe there was a, a sleep pattern change that we need to be aware of so that we can make adjustments to make sure that not only are the finances doing what we want from the, the dollars and cents, but are the finances doing what we want from making sure that we have that peace in retirement that we're, that we're striving to give to every single person that we talk to. And Grant, some advisors will say you must have at least a million dollars of investable assets to qualify or a half million dollars of investable assets. What is it at Dorhout Retirement Services? I mean, can you work with almost anyone? What are the minimums? Yeah, that's a good question. I had someone just in the office yesterday. He was he was bringing that up because he met with another advisor that's on the radio and, and they said, oh yeah, don't worry about it. It's only a half a million dollar minimum. And this gentleman said, well, that would take every single dollar that I have, including the money that I have in the bank. And he had those dollars in the bank that were earmarked for something else. So then they decided to move on from that. And I let him know that, you know, there comes a breaking point. Like I'm not going to be able to help people with a thousand dollars. I'm not going right. to, that's just not worth the time sure. uh, or effort. It, it, that we, being said, I had someone come in and she said, can you help my daughters? They need your help too. And they're with this other financial advisor. Yeah, absolutely. So I helped those daughters with 20 and 30 and $50,000 accounts. We'll help them with that. Definitely. But it's definitely not a $500,000 minimum. We don't have a hard set minimum at this point. I'm not going to do that because if people need help and they're reasonable, I'm going to help them out. Even if it's with a $50,000 account, that, that doesn't matter to me. We, we're here to help people in Omaha. And I'm not going to say, well, I'm here to help you if you have this much. That just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I think at Dorhout Retirement Services, the motto has always been, we will meet you where you are. You know, as my grandmother used to say, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. Everybody's got a nose, you know, they're somewhat the same, but they're also different. So we don't judge at Dorhout Retirement Services, and I want our listeners to know that. If you think that you may need the help of Dorhout Retirement Services, you'd like to see what they may be able to do for you. Again, no cost, no obligation, and I want to stress, there is no judgment. If you would like your Peace in Retirement Blueprint, it's very simple to get that. Call 402-281-0750. Now, you can do it right now if you want. You can simply just leave your information there, your name, maybe an email address and a telephone number, and Lisa will give you a call back on Monday and set up an appointment for you to talk with Grant. You can do it in person, you can do it by phone, or you can do it by Zoom. But it is important for you to make that call Make that first step towards a successful retirement by calling 402-281-0750, 402-281-0750. And remember, you can also find out more about us online and request your appointment at DorhoutRetirementServices.com, D-O-R-H-O-U-T, RetirementServices.com. We certainly are looking forward to meeting you and welcoming you into the Dorhout Retirement family. Well, Grant, we have covered a lot on the show today, but unfortunately, we're out of time. I want to thank you for your time. And most importantly, thank you so much to the fine people here of the great city of Omaha in the great state of Nebraska. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of the Retirement Blueprint right here on News Talk 1290, COIL. The opinions voiced in the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout are for general information and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Examples provided are hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Investing in an alternative investment may only be suitable for persons who are able to assume the risk of losing a portion or all of their entire investment. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not consider the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Jeff Shade and show guests are not affiliated with CWM LLC.